Hi, everybody. I'm Jen Johnson, and this is Thought by Thought Healing, where I talk about everything related to chronic pain and chronic symptoms, because current neuroscience really is showing that we can reverse these symptoms when we target the brain instead of the body part that is in pain. Um, This is not to say that your pain is not real. It absolutely is, but it is the brain that's controlling it. So there's lots of hope to be had here. I obviously have my own healing journey, and that's why I'm so passionate about this. I am a chronic pain coach, and my goal in all this is to put as much information out there as possible so that those of you who are new to this have um, a resource. I come in it from a Christian perspective, so if that's important to you, then you are definitely in the right place, and you should subscribe. What I basically do with this channel is I, every other week, I get on here and talk about my approach to healing and my own healing story and journey. And then the other weeks, I try to interview other experts in the field, whether that's neuroscientists, doctors, psychologists, other coaches, um, doctors. I don't know if I said that yet or not, but many different um, perspectives on mind-body medicine. And today I had the honor of having Tamara Gurin and Rita LaBarbera on. They um, both recovered from CRPS and now um, Tamara wrote a book called Defying Defying the Verdict. And Rita is a mind-body coach and I'm going to put both of their resources in the show notes Um, If you want to check out their website, it is defeatcrps.com. And I really enjoyed this uh, conversation for many reasons, but I'm, I'm particularly impressed just because CRPS, chronic regional pain syndrome, is a really devastating um, diagnosis to get. And it's a little bit more challenging than, let's say, my journey, just because they had physical manifestations in their body that showed up um, that they could see and have a visual reminder of that I didn't have. I was absolutely suffering and in terrible Um, symptoms, many of them, but they um, did not show up visibly from the outside. Nobody else could look at me and say, look at this, something that's changing in her body. And um, so it was really um, cool to to hear their story of reversing even those types of symptoms. So um, I think that's all I want to say about that. Um, So without further ado, I give you Rita and Tamara, and I hope that you um, enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm Jen Johnson. This is Thought by Thought Healing. And today I have the honor of having Tamara and Rita with me. Um, thank you both so much for making the time to come. You're very welcome. It's an honor and pleasure. Great. So this is my first time doing it with three people. So um, the listeners will have to bear with us as we most definitely will talk over each other, um, but we'll do our best. So, um, okay. So Tamara, let's just start with you. Um, Tell us just a little bit about your symptoms. Um, We're here because these two both have a a history of of reversing CRPS. And maybe, let's see, Tamara, maybe you can just start us off with um, telling us what CRPS is. Oh, CRPS is uh, sometimes called a suicide disease. And what it is, uh, it's uh, neuropathic pain 
measured on a scale that well exceeds the one to 10 scale that uh, the pain is officially measured on. And uh, uh, the, the estimate is that CRPS pain can be experience, experienced on the level of childbirth or amputation of um, uh, fingers or toes. And uh, when childbirth ends, it ends with CRPS, the pain never stops. So it's severe neuropathic pain. Eventually, uh, the limbs, it starts usually in the limbs. Sometimes it spreads uh, throughout the body. Um, the limbs eventually get swollen, balloon to unrecognizable shape, uh, turn red, purple, blackish. Um, people beg doctors for amputations. Yeah. And uh, if they get amputations, what they sometimes get instead is um, uh, phantom limb syndrome. Yeah. When the hand is gone, but pain is still there. And so um, people with CRPS usually lose their jobs. They go on disability. Uh, a lot of them get addicted to opioids because they, they have to take some serious doses of opioids. Um, they usually are very poor because they, they can't work. Um, so it's usually a very uh, horrible story of, uh, in my opinion, uh, disintegration of a personality because people live in severe catastrophic pain day and night. And so that's what CRPS is. Um, I was very lucky. I uh, recovered very quickly. I was diagnosed fairly quickly. Um, a lot of people don't get diagnosed for years. Uh, Rita's cases like that. Um, it took me two years to recover. Some people suffer from CRPS for 20, 25, 30 years. Um, so that's CRPS. So Rita, if you want to add to the picture, feel free to step in. No, you described it perfectly. You painted the picture. Um, yes, I, I certainly experienced a great deal of what Tamara described. And, um, you know, I just, I think really we're here to spread the word um, about CRPS recovery and to let people know that this is doable, you can recover. Um, I think the label of CRPS is so scary and people feel so alone when they receive this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so we really just wanna depathologize and, and destigmatize and free people from this label. And, and, and that's why I love your, um, by the way, um, I love your moniker, Jen, uh, thought by thought healing because really just as our symptoms are temporary our our thoughts are temporary and our thoughts are what control our physiology and so that therein i mean you encapsulated <laughs> the entire recovery process right there so yeah. so i guess i could give you a little bit of my story if if you want to hear yeah um, i was thinking um so i, I love that tamara you started with what what is this thing um yeah what is it what does it feel like um and Rita you, 
and Tamara, I know you believe this too, but there's, there's hope. It's not, that's not the end of the story as I have this thing that's manifesting this invisible or in this visible way. Um, so I'd love to hear both of your stories of kind of what led up to understanding TMS and they may, maybe we'll pause for a second and then talk about your healing story, what that looked like. Um, but before we do that, I am curious, um, and I'm not quite sure how to verbalize this, but most TMS sufferers do not have something they visually look at that is a reminder. We don't have a, a visual, something that scares us on a daily basis. Um, aside from CRPS, do you know of any other TMS labels, diagnoses that um, have a visible uh, manifestation that we can kind of throw into this to encourage other people who are listening. Do you know of anything else that comes to mind? Really, you want to take this? Oh. No. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll take this one. Yes. Uh, CRPS has a <clears throat> very complicated uh, picture, and really to diagnose CRPS. Uh, doctors use something called Budapest criteria, where you have to you have to have uh, three out of four, four symptoms in different areas. And so some of them are cardiovascular, for example, you may have some um, equivalent of Renault syndrome, okay, where uh, your your fingers, your your um, your blood circulation all of a sudden stops and your fingers turn purple or white or blue or whatever, whatever other color. Or it could be skin changes where skin would start feeling very thin and very, um, very shiny. Uh, or it can be that you will have uh, spasmodic activities like dystonia, which is involuntary contraction of muscles. Uh, but each one of those, well, and neuropathic pain is really one um, that prevails in all of them. Uh, so each one of those on itself can be TMS. In my case, the worst part of it was dystonia. So I was really looking into the world of people with dystonia and I'm firmly convinced that dystonia, which by the way, is also considered incurable and um, is not treatable by official medicine other than by horrific procedures like nerve blocks, um, like mm -hmm. operations, all kinds of things that don't help, only, only increase the anxiety and, and drama for the patients. Um, Dystonia, in my firm belief and opinion, is TMS. Um, and so dystonia is a completely separate branch of neurological conditions that is not treated as TMS as any kind of psychosomatic condition by official medicine. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I work with people who have dystonia. And wow. yeah. Yes. So, okay, so go if ahead, can, uh, the, If the body has the functionality to do something, 
the brain can co-opt it. So people have been functionally blind. People have literally gone blind that weren't blind. <laughs> people have been paralyzed that there was nothing wrong with their legs. Um, the, the brain can create absolutely anything under the sun. And, you know, um, there are many, if you think about just getting a rash, I mean, just even garden variety things that you can see visually, a rash, uh, rainouts, uh, color changes. I had very dramatic visuals. I had uh, bone marrow changes. I had swelling. I had color changes, temperature changes. So the brain can do anything. Um, I've even seen people with oozing blisters. Um, you know, the, the, the brain will alter the physiology after a while. And, and at, at its most extreme, you can die. My, my grandfather died from grief. Uh, um, my grandmother passed away. He, he was 72. And he, three months later, he died from heartbreak, from grief. There was no other uh, explanation. So, so emotions can literally cause death. Um, not just not to be morbid, but 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 my point is, the brain can do anything, including death. So, yeah, our brains yeah. and our emotions are incredibly powerful, and we undermine it all the time. In yes, I'm going to say so, in the medical system, but yeah. So yeah, so out of the the most visible, rhinoceros, one of many, allodynia, uh, skin changes. Uh, hypersensitivity to cold or heat um, or touch, all of those things, they can be, they're visible, they're tangible, but they are TMS. Yeah. Yes. So we are very clearly saying CRPS is TMS, dystonia is TMS. All these things are reversible. I just Absolutely. want to repeat that in a really clear sentence for everybody listening. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so important to understand that it's temporary and reversible. Yeah. Um, and since we started on this, um, I think each one of them, uh, sorry, each one of us have seen people who try to take the TMS route and they, they try and try and try. Yeah. And for years, they cannot succeed and there are many reasons why people cannot succeed but what i have seen most often is when they go through the motions of tms healing in a way mechanically they go through the yeah. steps but they don't go to the heart of it yeah. the belief yeah. that you can succeed the doubt that you have to dispose of the fear that dominates your life. Um, they just go through the steps, but they don't deal with their emotional state, with their emotional underpinning. And that's what keeps them from getting healed. Yeah. It's the saying the things that we want to believe, but not believing them at the in, in the your core, heart. in the emotional, in the in the right. thought, in the mental. Mm -hmm. belief system yeah you believe before you see people want to see in order to believe it doesn't work that way and and dr sarno's entire sine qua non if you will was accept the diagnosis in other words believe 
believe that your thoughts control your physiology. This is benign. This is temporary. And this is reversible. That was the premise. And, and in order to use this approach and in order to recover, you have to accept, you have to believe that, that statement. Yes. And it's really important. I want to repeat what Rita, you just said, you have to believe before you see. And, yes. and that's, it's so it's so counter what we think you know we're like well we'll try out this therapy and if it works then whatever right. and and with with tms because of the neuroscience of how it works um, i'm not saying this for you guys i'm saying this for the listeners we we have to we have to believe it first and then we will see it yeah yeah and even if it's just a, a mustard seed of belief even if you could just be open-minded enough just to to suspend your disbelief and surrender to the truth because Dr. Sarno was a champion of the truth. <laughs> so if you can just yeah. you know, um, surrender to that and let go just enough, then you can cultivate belief and yeah. um, your belief will grow. A spark of belief precedes a miracle, right? So uh, miracles, are supposed to happen they happen every day and and in some cases it's just a shift of perspective um yeah in that respect my transformation is very interesting because i come from <clears throat> technology science background i doubt everything i doubted everything i was extremely suspicious of any treatment that was offered to me i was when i discovered dr sarno I was extremely suspicious of Dr. Sarno himself. I looked from every side and angle and I was questioning and questioning and questioning. And then I realized that what he was saying was very logical. So, um, and, and I'm a very logical person, I think. Uh, yeah. But after I realized that what he said made sense and was logical, it took me almost a year to go from logical, rational acceptance of it to believing in my heart. And it was only when it became automatic. Oh yes, that's because of my emotions. Oh yes, it's because of my repression of emotions. When it became automatic, only then I really started healing. So you spent a, a year, is it fair to summarize that and say you spent a year kind of um, unlearning your doubt and um, cultivating my belief? That's that I find to sh should could be encouraging for a lot of people that um, it's OK to take your time to wrap your head around this and get behind it and understand the neuroscience and what is happening. Because once you do get there, it is very logical, but like you're saying, it, it takes some time to, to look at what is happening here and um, what's the science. Because, uh, because rational is conscious, but what you're dealing with is subconscious. Uh -huh. And underneath we are emotional subconscious beings and no rational reasoning with subconscious can get you to the results. So the what does get you to the results? Different. I'm sorry, what? So what does get you to the results? It's believing in your heart. 
that you can heal. It's making it automatic. It's the first thought that comes to your mind before you start really thinking it through that, yes, this is my emotions. This is how I respond. This is my emotional response to the events of the day. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love seeing that shift when clients stop showing up with um, the symptoms and start showing up with, oh, I had this emotional, you know, and start talking about the difficulties of the day or the week, um, subconscious ones that are coming up or conscious ones, whatever. That's always the shift that it's like, yes, okay, yeah, we're getting yeah. there. <laughs> Cause you know they're finally not they're not preoccupied with the symptoms anymore so you're freeing the body from the mind's purpose and you're addressing the cause and I think I think logic and science um can start the process of the ball rolling for belief for me it made sense when I read healing back pain it made complete sense to me and so it wasn't so hard for me to believe because it made sense um, and I did see myself in every page of the book. It, it was a revelation yeah. for me. It was almost like some kind of spiritual awakening in a sense. So that started it. Um, but, um, but yes, I, I think it also requires, um, as Tamara said, you have to believe, you have to trust in the approach, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you, um, a portal to, to believe is spirituality, b- believing in something greater than yourself and, and trusting in God. You know, I think um, one of the quotes, one of uh, a well-known quote is fear is not of God. Yeah. The point of view. And from a psychological point of view, fear is, there's nothing to fear, but fear itself. <laughs> So, so, um, if, you know, fear is the emotional form of doubt, really. So when you reduce the fear, the belief goes up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And And you have to, you really have to fight your fear step by step in little steps day after day. You have to convince yourself that your fear is always unfounded. I literally had to work with myself because I had a fear of pain. I had a fear of dystonia. I had a fear of symptoms. And so I had to literally work with myself, convincing myself, look, you had a fear, but you tried this and nothing really bad happened. Hmm. Um, One of the things that Dr. Sarno was telling people was to dispose of all the crutches, right? All the props that you use. Oh, you 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 have to like I was sleeping on the couch because my arms had to hang down to tame the 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 pain that 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 I had. That's mind absolutely mind blowing. It's like completely uh, destroying my life, burning pain in my hands. So if I had my arms hanging down, I would be able to sleep. Guess what? After I <clears throat> read his book. I decided to move back and sleep, not on the couch, but on the bed, not yeah. sitting, but lying. And guess what? It didn't get worse. And I go, oh my God, I was fearing it, but it's not that bad. And so you have to go through. 
So all these little victories day after day to convince yourself that your fear is often unfounded. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. And, and that fear, when you're using the word fear, um, you are sometimes meaning doubt too, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we see a lot of questions. People, people ask questions. We, we get questions on through our website um, and people ask questions. They would say things like, or on the TMS form, people would say, you know, I do believe it's TMS, but yeah. whenever you have, but yeah. that means that you do not believe. Yeah, it's true. And people say they believe, but they really don't. And I, I can determine that very quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, um, Fear stems from doubt. So part of like renewing your mind, if you will, part of transforming your thoughts is calling those doubts into question and asking yourself, is that really true? You know, I had a lot of horrible thought habits and I had to become aware of those thoughts. And I had to yeah. ask, is that really true? Is that accurate? I had to replace it with logic and accuracy. And so that began the process of, of, in many ways, rebuking the doubt. Doubt is poison. It keeps people stalled. It keeps people stuck. It delays progress. And doubt has to be, and I know you had Dr. Dan Ratner on, who is the doubt ninja, and it, it must be eradicated um, because it is the enemy of belief. Um, so I love just simple statements like that. It's, I mean, <laughs> But I want to simplify this process because, because I think Tamara and I had to do a lot of trial and error. And now that we have like channels like yours, Jen, and we have Tamara's book, um, which we can accelerate the process. It's all, yeah. we have all the resources for people so that they don't have to go through what, you know, we can spare them of the time and energy and waste of money. And, you know, we can accelerate this. Um, and can simplify. But I also want to um, acknowledge that doubt is a natural step in the process. So it's not that doubt is always bad. Doubt yeah. is good when you go through that and you dispose of it eventually. So there is nothing wrong with being, with being doubtful. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just part of the process. Yes, yeah. yes. skepticism is often a healthy thing. It shows that you're a critical thinker. Um, but I think that one thing I would really um, re recommend to anyone listening is check out the um, thank you, Dr. Sarno.org site. It's a compilation of success stories and thank you notes to, to Dr. Sarno. And you'll it's so inspiring. And if you're at all skeptical, mm -hmm. I think this would, could really bolster your belief. Um, I know for, for myself, um, I was very grateful to the people who helped me on the TMS Wiki, which is where Tamara and I eventually crossed paths. But you know, I'm so, um, when you see how grateful people are, and you see their stories, it really makes your belief more robust, in my opinion. I, I really urge people to look at the success stories. Don't go online and Google labels and 
you know, fall, fall into the trap of the mythology and the propaganda online. Look at the people who got better, who recovered, and listen to the experts in the field. A couple questions there. Um, diagnoses can often hold us back and uh, be a just a proponent of doubt and of fear. And so oftentimes, including myself, I ask people to shed, shed the diagnosis. I am no longer this label, this thing. Um, do, you, do you feel the same about CRPS? Because I know we haven't even got your stories yet. But Tamara, you were saying you or one of you got your diagnosis early and one not. Um, what is the diagnosis of CRPS helpful? Or is it one that you end up letting go of and calling TMS? Exactly. Yeah. The latter. Okay. <laughs> I'm so anti-label. I'm the most vehemently anti-label, anti-terminology person you'll ever meet. I, I'm really plain spoken. I use words like habit. I don't, I don't use a lot of scientific jargon um, because it creates a, a nocebo effect. And labels can feel so permanent. There's something about a label, you know, like a joke, like a Campbell soup. It feels so permanent and you're not a Campbell soup label. Um, I wrote a blog about that, but the, the permanency and also, you know what I don't like about lab labels? It implies that they know the cause when actually that's not true. They're slapping a label on symptoms. They're not telling you anything about the cause yeah. and so misleading. And, and what I want people to understand is that no matter what label you've been given, whether it's CRPS or irritable bowel or fibromyalgia or sciatic, whatever the label, the same methodology applies to all of them. The way out is the same for everybody. So that that's my little, my little um, polemic on labels. <laughs> okay. Well, so that I have a slightly different take on it. Oh. <laughs> I because what Rita describes is the end point, but I am uh, logical and methodical. So I went through the multiple steps. Step number one was misdiagnosis. I was given a diagnosis of carpal tunnel syndrome, and it didn't make any sense to me because it didn't match my symptoms. Mm. But being methodical and logical, I started fighting with my doctors over a correct diagnosis and it became an obsession and I needed to have the right diagnosis. And then eventually I found out that what I had was CRPS, but it wasn't an official diagnosis. So I went on a fight with the doctors to get an official diagnosis of CRPS as if it was making it easier for me. And at that time, I already knew about Sarno, and I already knew that in his book, uh, Mind-Body Prescription, he listed a CRPS under RSD name, as it was known at the time, right. as one of supposedly TMS conditions. Guess what? For me, it was very important. Even though mm -hmm. carpal tunnel syndrome was also in his book, I needed to have a proper label. So once I had the proper label, everything was in place. I had my structure. I had CRPS. It was in the book. Guess what? I can use Sarno as a guidance. That was my path. Guess what? Now 
I feel exactly like you do. It's all labels. I tell people all the time. Sometimes I see the post on the TMS form and people list all of their symptoms. And I usually tell them one thing, the more bizarre your symptoms are, the more of them you have, the more likely that it comes from one place. And it is only one place that is central for everything in your body. And that is your brain. Yeah. And if it is coming from your brain, what you have is TMS. It is so simple. But it took me literally several months to go through all these steps one by one to arrive to to a correct conclusion. But that's me. That's people. um, And a lot of people of my personality type and of my analytical, um, uh, analytical mind a lot of them, they end up in the TMS world because, you know, be, be, because we tend to ignore the, the emotions. Right. We tend to repress our emotions. So we end up with all this chronic pain. So I think it is important for those people to understand the steps that I went through that inevitably leads to the right, leads to the right conclusion. That is all TMS and it's all just labels. Yeah. 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 It's really about taking your power back. Um, That was Dr. Sarno's whole thing to empower people so that they weren't enslaved by the the medical uh, industry anymore. Yeah. That was, that was a huge discovery to me. Exactly. That it was no longer, I was no longer relying on doctors, diagnosis, medical, um, instruments and tools that they had, analysis, insurance companies, um, it wasn't my power, but it's a huge responsibility because because at that point, I knew that I was responsible 100% for my recovery. Yeah. Yes, I, I think it's interesting. Some people struggle, once they discover it's TMS, they struggle to leave the medical world um, and some people just jump right out. And I was one of those people that was like, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I don't need to go to the doctor anymore. I guess I'll keep insurance because I need to have a dental cleaning and <laughs> my annuals, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to take my power back and, and heal myself. Yeah, um, I, would, I would say don't make the medical model your church, you know, don't, don't have this devotional trust in a system that's really it's let's face it it's profit driven (laughs) there's a lot of greed and ego it's it's Mm -hmm. an industry at the end of the day it's an industry um well yeah can we talk about that briefly um because i didn't i i barely had any visible sure zits or whatever other things that visually manifest from stress i didn't have a lot of that visual reminder so i have two questions with that one is um, do you have tips for people um in how to work with that visual preoccupation with um the manifestation on your body in your body and also um um when you have something that's visual is there a need to continue in any sort of medical therapies um in that is different than tms and maybe talk about 
both those things start wherever you want to. Yeah, I would say don't be tricked by the visuals. Don't be tricked. <laughs> they're they're temporary. They're meaningless. Don't fall for it because it's another layer of preoccupation. It's mm -hmm. another um, defense for the, the TMS to, to hide behind, essentially. So don't fall for it. And that was something Dr. Sarno always said, don't be fooled, you know, just because it's visual, you know, and for me, it, it, it is very um, dramatic, if you will. <laughs> and it does affect your self-image when there's something visual and it, it does make it seem somehow more terrifying when you see it. But I would say just don't be fooled. It's still temporary. I mean, pregnancy is temporary. <laughs> And that's a visual. So, <laughs> yeah, and we know that after nine months or less, it does. The body is incredibly resilient. You know, the, our bodies are—we're not fragile. We are so resilient. We do bounce back. So, don't yeah. be fooled by that, and don't do any treatments that revolve around symptoms or visuals. You want to get away from that, and you want to shift focus away from the body to your inner emotional world and to your life. It's about your life at the end of the day. It's, it's not about these symptoms. It's um, another form of doubt. If people are, uh, you know, if people are swayed by the fact that uh, let's say they have a rash. Well, you know, you need to know that after a while the rash will go away. You know, the, yeah. this, the, this well-known joke about flu if you if you take drugs, it will it will end in seven days. If you don't take take drugs, it will end in a week. So it's the same thing. You know, you can you can continue taking drugs for um for your rash or for the swelling, or in my case, something that was really um very difficult for me was dystonia when I couldn't put my hand on the table like flat. My fingers were just clenched like this and they wouldn't open and they wouldn't close. I couldn't make a fist. I couldn't open it up. Uh, so the, I lost dexterity in my hands. I couldn't sign. I couldn't put my signature because my fingers would refuse to, to cooperate. And so for me, that was the, the hardest of all. But slowly as I was meditating my way out of my CRPS, um, the last one to come out of it was um, was dystonia. Mm -hmm. It was the hardest, but it went away. Wow. Okay, yeah, that was I mean, your last one. I, I had a ton of visuals as well. And the, the, the trap people fall into, a big pitfall, is they get into this, they start body scanning and checking and monitoring and it becomes very OCD where they, yeah. they're constantly in a state of hypervigilance, like checking themselves in the mirror. I've had clients who take their temperature every 50, you know, it becomes a form of OCD, health anxiety. And so I would say really stop checking. Don't engage, control that compulsion. Don't engage that behavior because it feeds the strategy. And, um, and yes, in my case, um, I had mobility issues. I had very swollen red, purple knees. My my feet were would change colors. I had bone marrow edema. I had uh, it was it was really distracting, if you will. But that's the whole point. It's there to distract you. And so uh, my brain really created a 
enormous distraction and I had to get to work and I had to address the cause and stop getting distracted um, because I, I, I was avoiding a lot of emotions that weren't aligned with my self-image for a long time. I was in repression mode for a very long, for, for many years. Um, so, so yeah, so everything that's happening uh, to you is not, it's not happening to you. It's actually happening for you. Yes. So it's happening so that you can, um, so that you can change things in your life and you can free yourself from the way you've been living and the prison you've been in. And you can ultimately find more joy and inner peace in, in your life. Um, so <laughs> I kind of went on a there, but, and if and if there is something that you 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 still have this obsessive tendencies it it is much better way more productive to redirect your obsessive tendencies towards looking at improvements yeah. and i made a point in general i'm very skeptical and in general i was never a very positive person i literally made an effort to look at every improvement and I would just go and celebrate all of my little improvements. Yeah. You know, my symptoms lifted, my dystonia, for, for, for example, um, loosened up for 20 minutes. I would celebrate, I would think about it. I would, I would take a note of it. Yeah. Uh, before I learned about Sarno, I had spreadsheet. I had this huge spreadsheet where I took every column was on one of my symptoms and I would rate them uh, three points on dystonia. You know, I had color changes to this many points and then I would calculate the total score and I go, oh my God, my score is getting worse and worse and worse. So I reverse that. I actually start looking at improvements. And I would obsess over improvements. Yeah. And that actually took my mind away from negative oh, yeah. to the positive. Yeah. I, and I, I had that always similar. recommend people obsess over your improvements. Celebrate them. And is it fair to add to that um, the improvements um, uh, of emotional triumphs and thought triumphs? And um, I, I just found like celebrating the power that I, the empowerment, I call it empowerment, just because I come at this from a perspective of being empowered by God. Um, so anytime I chose to live in that, um, and then I would celebrate it, whether it was symptom related, emotion, mind, whatever, um, that celebration is is just powerful for our brain. I, I stopped being so hard on myself. That was the one of the first things I did. Yeah. I would, if I, if my house was messy, I would let it be messy. Oh, well, I'll get to tomorrow. No, nothing, nothing yeah. is going to happen. And I kind of would celebrate yeah. not being <laughs> perfectionistic or, or, or saying no, or not being such a goodest because I was such a good, I was a goodest. <laughs> that was one of my problems. And yeah. I was a big worrier and I stopped worrying about the little things. I would let things go. You know, um, I wasn't generating so much inner tension because I would start letting things go. And I would think about, well, what do I want? What would make me happy? What am I good at? What, you know, what would I like to do or things like that? And one of the things that motivated me was 
to get better so that I could help others. You know, that, that was a huge motivator that I could pay it forward the way people had helped me on the wiki. And, and one of Sarno's big things was, um, in order to expedite healing, he would have re recovered people help those that were still suffering. That was a big part of his work. And so, um, yeah, that was highly motivating to me. Yeah, definitely uh, helping other people on the TMS forum uh, yeah. became a huge part of my recovery. And so um, in a lot of ways, as I was explaining to other people why what they have is TMS, I was convincing myself yeah. even yes. more that what I have was TMS. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If you want to help yourself, help other people. It's the exactly. Yeah. best advice I can give. And it, right. it's not always so altruistic because you're actually helping yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you get, you, you, um, you know, it's um, it's a win-win, right? It's a win-win. You're helping others and you're helping yourself. And it really is the most effective way to feel better about yourself and to like yourself more. And that will propel you forward and you'll have more self-compassion and, and you'll feel better about yourself in general. Yes. That, promote, that promotes healing, that promotes recovery. And My mother used to say that the best business is to give to other people without the expectation of a payback. Right. And uh, somehow she was a very generous person and she was giving a lot to other people. And somehow she was getting return from it in very unexpected forms and shapes. Um, and I, that's probably the biggest lesson I learned from her. Mm, I like that, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we have definitely gone about this in a roundabout way. But it's not the typical timeline. <laughs> no. Um, but okay, let's just start this time, Rita, let's start with you. Um, what what parts of you, your story do you feel like if you were you umpteen years ago or whatever, would you want to hear about your your story? Oh, in terms of you mean what I learned um in terms of emo emotionally how how to be or do you mean in terms of um the mistakes that, <laughs> it's it's a long it's a it's a it's a it's a the story itself is complicated but the recovery part isn't as complicated believe it or not okay. but i guess i could start a little bit i'll 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 weave in what i learned within my story we'll do it like that okay um, sounds good so basically I was one of those people that I had other forms of TMS before CRPS. Um, for example, I had interstitial cystitis after I got married. And um, so that was a, a big example. And that just sort of mysteriously went away. I didn't know about Dr. Sarno at the time, but I think I got focused on other things in my life and my brain got diverted and so it went away. Yeah. Um, but then after my younger son was born, he was diagnosed with autism. And I found myself on this really devastating trajectory, if you will, of just relentless stress and, and, and caretaking and advocating for my son. And things got really bad. My son lost all his words. He regressed. And, you know, I was just so heartbroken. And I was in such survival mode that I 
I have to, just to survive, I really didn't have the luxury to address my emotions and I started repressing a lot. And there were a lot of really unacceptable, unbearable, ugly emotions that weren't in alignment with my self and my image as a good person and a loving mom. So a lot of <laughs> repression started happening. And um, when you fast forward five years, I started having um, pain in both legs, um, mysterious leg pain. This went on for like a year and a half and I went to all sorts of PTs and doctors and bouncing around and um, it nobody could help me. I was taking tons of tramadol, like opiates. And um, luckily I remembered, um, I was like a big fan of Howard Stern. And I remember him talking about this Dr. Sarno. So I Googled it and I ordered healing back pain. And when I read that, that's when everything started to make sense. And I had a huge epiphany and I was one of those uh, book cure people. Okay. So I got better in four months just from reading the book, just from the knowledge. But I still had more work to do. I had to go deeper. And a few months later, my brain upped the ante and the whole CRPS started in my right foot, in my big toe. Um, and basically, it started in my right foot, in the big toe. It spread through the foot. And then it did this mirror image. And right there, you see the involvement of the brain with the um, mirror yeah. image. Yeah. And so then um, eventually it spread to both the knees and um, and things just, I, I, I was misdiagnosed. It took me six months just to get the label of RSD, which it was called RSD back then. And I was misdiagnosed with um, Lyme disease. I went down all these like really dark rabbit holes, like, um, Lyme and um, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And so I wasted a lot of time and money and, and the confusion and the feeling of being lost just added to my doubt and fear and terror. And then finally I was given the uh, label of um, CRPS. And, um, and then um, not to skip over, but some of the medical treatments I tried, which were completely ineffective, were um, nerve blocks, drugs, Calmari therapy. I flew to Europe to get bisphosphonate infusions. And then lastly, I had um, high dose protocol ketamine infusions, mm -hmm. which was really dreadful. Um, and I had, a, it was very traumatic. And I think I had PTSD just from the ketamine because we're talking like, you're, you're hallucinating for hours and hours and it was very high protocol. And so, you know, things got really bad, very dark. I was bedridden. Um, I um, could barely walk. I could barely get to the bathroom. I had to use a wheelchair. My, my mobility was really um, nil at that point. And so fortunately, this was like after a year of suffering, um, I called Dr. Howard Schubner and he was kind enough to return my call. And he, I told him what I was going through. I had this crazy label RSD and it didn't really resemble anything I had read about. And he said that, um, no, it's still your brain. The genesis is still the brain. It's still TMS. It's, yeah. it's so dramatic, but it's still, so at that point I knew I was going to turn the battleship around and, um, 
I lost all my fear of the symptoms. I realized that, you know, they had no power over me anymore. I saw them for what they were, which were false alarms. And so I lost the fear and I started to crawl out of the abyss at that point. And, and, um, so, yeah. So with your recovery or reversal, I, I, I just want to hear you say this did did the visual representations change oh yes well yeah so 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 over time i it was a trajectory of betterment with lots of ups and downs and and it took me much longer than for most people because as i said before there weren't as many resources at that time so it was a lot of figuring things out on my own um, and I was also going through a divorce um, and I have a severely autistic child. So I still got better. And so within a few months of being bedridden, I was going to the grocery store. My, my, my fear was going down. My mobility was getting better. I was building my confidence and my belief. I had therapy. Um, I was addressing the emotions. And then over time, all the visuals go back to normal because you see the brain and body have an innate ability to return to homeostasis we're self we're we're designed that way for self-repair so everything goes back to normal and so now I wear I can wear high heels I can I can you know I I don't have to wear big crocs anymore I can yes I have no limitations I have no uh I, I don't live in fear of this this idea of remission is another nonsensical term there's no remission for the human condition I'm always going to have anxiety once in a while it's in my life but I have no fear of symptoms returning because even if they do they would be they would be transient they would I would say oh I must be stressed I would deal with the stress and they go away so so I'm I Tamara and I consider ourselves you know I guess cured (laughs) you know complete no I'm not cured of being human but I'm cured of this silly label that was put on me so yeah if I may add to that I think the visuals and Jennifer you keep bringing this conversation back to the visuals um to the visuals um that's seems to be very important to a lot of CRPS patients yeah um I want to give them analogy let's say uh you poked your finger infection got in and now your finger is swollen and you go to the doctor, they give you antibiotic. Um, are you still obsessing that your swelling will never go away? No, you do not. Because you know that antibiotic will do the work and your finger will eventually be normal. It's ex- it is exactly the same thing. Yeah. Your body has the ability with the antibiotic to reverse the condition. It is exactly the same for TMS. Your emotional work is that antibiotic. You're retraining your body. It's it's not as dramatic maybe as antibiotic where you you take a pill and swelling starts going away, but it is the same mechanism. You start working on your emotions and swelling will eventually go away, like it did for me, like it did for Rita. Yeah. I couldn't put my hand down on the table. 
it it just wouldn't work and it wasn't pain. Guess what? Now I can put it on the table. I do push-ups. I do yoga. I have no problem with that. Why? Because I did my emotional work. It was that antibiotic that took care of my swelling. Yeah. And people yeah. need to understand that. It's uh, it's it's they they just need to believe that this treatment is going to work for them. But they have the the difference between antibiotic and emotional work is that in this case, responsibility is on you. You have to be that antibiotic. And it's much harder. Looking back, when I read the book and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to kill myself using this, um, using Dr. Sarno's method, I thought I will be fine in three months. Guess what? It took me two years. Yeah. And I'm really very skeptical of any frameworks that tell you, oh, you do this. Even if they're TMS-based frameworks, you take this, um, you do this, and you will heal in five weeks. Yeah. This is your framework. You just go through the motions, and it will work in five weeks. No, you have to go at your own pace. Yeah, it's a process. Don't be results-oriented. Um, yeah. And there, there was something I wanted to say, and now I'm forgetting. <laughs> it was important. Um, oh, gosh. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I just had a brain. We'll come back to you. It's okay. Uh, it was something I really wanted to make a point of. Uh, uh, um, it'll come back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Tamara, why don't we go with um, some of your story? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So um, I had, uh, I had one day I woke up and my my arm was swollen from elbow to the wrist and my finger my middle finger curled in and my whole arm was my whole hand and wrist everything was in pain and i went to the doctor they told me it was uh it was carpal tunnel syndrome and uh they gave me whatever the you know the brace and use the brace and it will go away and it wouldn't go away. And then the uh, the pain spread, it started going, uh, you know, up the arm, uh, spread to the shoulder, and then it jumped onto the other hand and my other hand started curling in. All of my fingers curled in. And really um, in a way the dystonia that curled in fingers was my was my rescue. Because if it wasn't that, I would have accepted carpal tunnel syndrome uh, because, you know, the, that's what doctors say. But I kept fighting. I kept asking them, what are you offering me? This uh, steroid injections, the, the surgeries, would they uncurl my fingers? And they would go, well, you know, but uh, it's going to reduce your pain. Well, but what about curled fingers? And so the curled fingers really got me out of CRPS because I knew that whatever diagnosis they were giving me was a wrong diagnosis. And then I, I was very lucky that someone suggested uh, Dr. Sarno. And at first I dismissed it. Well, he's, he's a back doctor. Why, why, why are you recommending me Dr. Sarno? My problem is everywhere except the back. At that time, I already had pain in, in feet, in, in ankles, in all of my arms. 
And so I said, well, you know, pay, back is the only place where it doesn't hurt. And so she said, well, you know, they say that it works for, for other body parts. And I read the book and that was my epiphany. So that's kind of a, a shorter version of my story. And it took me about six months from the beginning, from the first symptom to discovery of Dr. Sano by way of uh, acupuncturists, mm -hmm. herbs, diets, all kinds of stupid things that uh, they wanted me to do. The only thing I was adamant about, I refused any um, any uh, opioids. They offered me tramadol and, and I said no, because I didn't want to be addicted. Yeah. Oh, I'm thankful for you. What about you, Rita? Did you go down the opioid route? Well, I did. I was taking up to eight tramadols a day at one point, but then my body started to reject it. I started vomiting. And when I, um, that was when I had the leg, the mysterious leg pain. <laughs> and then later on with the CRPS, I was prescribed, you know, like fentanyl and methadone and things like that. And I, I ended up in the ER a couple of times because I can't tell, luckily I can't tolerate opiates. That was your luck. That was your luck. It's, it prevented you from getting addicted. I, I agree. I'm so glad. And honestly, it didn't touch the pain. It only made me euphoric. It never helped me with the pain. And the, and the ketamine didn't help either. Yeah. And um, but I just remembered what I was forgetting earlier about the symptoms. If you do this work, you don't have to worry about the symptoms. Symptoms go away as a side effect of doing the work. <laughs> they go away on their own. We don't need to treat symptoms. And as Dr. Sarno said, that's bad medicine. You don't treat symptoms, you treat the cause. If you treat the cause, the body does it on its own. Just get out of your own way and your body and brain, they want to go back to normal. They, they're not having fun either. <laughs> they're not enjoying this. They wanna go back to normal. Exactly. And, and Side, the, the, yeah. the body is on your side it feels like it's betrayed you but it's not it's actually on your side it wants to protect you and so you have to cultivate safety and and and, and teach your brain I'm safe I'm okay and and cultivating safety can take on many forms it could be through relationships through connection through hobbies through spiritual health I mean you know even a belief in God can create another layer of safety so mm -hmm. Do things in your life to create safety. I'm um, sorry. So I just wanted to mention that because <laughs> that's what I wanted to say earlier. That's important. Gyms. Yeah. yeah. It is very important. Yeah. I call it emotional hygiene. Yeah. If you if you maintain your emotional hygiene, you end up being in good spirits and in proper mental health. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes emotional intelligence and emotional awareness and um you know I was reading that in the um the bible did you know that king david had back pain um from guilt I, you know? I and, think and, I and deservedly so he was not a good guy he had tms <laughs> yeah tms he totally did and and that was during a period of time in his life when he was not well, you could put that however, in many not different behaving, ways. But... Not behaving, and he knew about it. He had guilt yeah. on yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of guilt. Yeah, he was not living according to his own belief system. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He'd known this since the beginning of time. So somehow medicine got away from common sense and, and 
what we've known for the ages. And now, you know, unfortunately we have this duality in our society and we have to get back to the, the mind-body connection. Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. And unfortunately, our official medicine um, is not set up, our healthcare system is not set up in the proper way because um, the, the, the doctors, the MDs, uh, they're really not expected, they're not trained to pay attention to the emotional state of the patient. Yeah. And they specialize in the body parts. You know, you have to go to podiatrist or you go to the hand surgeon or you go to the eye doctor or you go to a dermatologist and they all treat the symptoms, but none of them treats the actual disease. Yeah. And this is what happens. CRPS eventually is when the whole body literally rebels against you because you're not leading the right way of life. Yeah. One of one of the first things I I show my clients is a picture of a scab and underneath it is the wound. And I'm like, we don't want to keep taking the scab off. It has nothing to do with your pain and your symptom. Let's look at what's under here. And that's in this case, symbolically emotions and and whatnot. But so I think that aligns similar with what you're saying, like going to the doctor, we can look at the scab a lot. Um, yeah, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna heal anything. So, okay, so we're, we're at like an hour and 10 minutes or something. Um, oh, awesome. let, let's, um, Tamara, tell us about your book. And um, just what any last statements you have, and then we'll do the same with Rita. Okay. You know, um, it was interesting. I was looking at your website and I discovered that you have a picture on your website that is almost identical to the front, uh, to the cover of my book. That's so, it is very close, isn't it? It is. That's your brain in your hand. Yeah. That's your life yeah. in your hand. And that's what you need to do. You need to take responsibility for your life, for your health, for your relationships in your hands. You need to learn how to do the right thing, how to stand for yourself, because mm -hmm. a lot of us are, um, a lot of us end up in chronic pain because they let uh, others abuse them yep. emotionally, physically, and in other ways. So you need to learn all of those things and then you will be healthy. It is actually not always easy. After you recover, you can't walk away from who you are. So you end up with potentially recurring episodes of TMS, but because of the knowledge that you acquired on the way, you now know how to recover quickly. Yeah. And that's really the lesson that I learned from my experience. It's not like I'm no longer immune to reoccurrences of chronic pain, but when it comes back, I know what to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and the book is called Defying the Verdict. Is that right? Yeah. Define the verdict because the verdict for CRPS is that you have to live with it for the rest of your life, but okay. you do not. No, <laughs> yes. definitely not, definitely not. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. And our website, defeatcrps.com, and we keep updating it. 
Um, yeah. Rita and I post uh, new items on our blogs every month. There is a, an update and we keep adding references to the new resources. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something for the CRPS patients to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And then Rita, um, last comments and tell us about your coaching. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I offer coaching. I really, um, I'm very passionate about my work and anyone, if you would like to um, reach out to me or if you need any um, any information or advice, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer. You can email me at ritalabarbera at um, yahoo.com. And or you can find me on the Defeat CRPS site as well. You can find me there. Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, and is, is um, your email, is that email the same email that I emailed you at? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I just, uh, I just finished a training with Dr. Dan Ratner. So I incorporate his uh, three column system into my work because it's very uh, high speed and it's very efficacious, I guess you could say. And so I'm really enjoying yeah. uh, that. And I, I, so um, I trained with Dr. Schubner initially. Um, and speaking of Dr. Schubner, I, I just wanted to leave uh, your listeners with a, a quote from his book, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is um, an Irish blessing and I came across it early on in my, in my struggle. <laughs> and at the time it made me really teary eyed. And I just um, wanted to leave this um, for your for your viewers. It goes like this. Um, May I have the courage today to live the life I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. <laughs> yes. This is, this, is, this is great. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a great summary. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Jennifer, thank you so much for reaching out to oh. us. And it such is such a, a pleasure. Uh, I, I really enjoyed looking at your website and mm -hmm. everything that you say yeah. resonates with me on a very deep level. And there is one thing that I learned from your website uh, not that I didn't understand it before, but it really struck me as something so clearly said. I carried burdens that weren't mine. Yeah. A lot of us carry burdens that are not ours. And I really thank you for bringing that up. Oh, thank you. Oh, you guys are so kind. Um, I, yeah, I've just valued this time with you. Thank you. I also value the time we had before this call too. So yeah, thank you. And good luck to both of you because you both are coaching and I do not. So it's a hard job that you do. It's really hard work. So good luck to both of you with your patience. Oh, thank you. It's rewarding. We, I'm sure we, we love it. <laughs> yes, it's true. All right. Well, um, I'm going to pause the video. So I'm going to say goodbye to all the watchers and I will see you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks. And bye. <laughs>